us in a minute. Turn to the Gospel according to Mark. We don't have the scripture written in there, so will you turn either in your phone or in one of the black Bibles in front of you to Mark chapter 6. point in Mark's gospel where he's going to expand or he's going to expand his ministry he had he had called he had called 12 disciples why, why are we getting so much Look at, listen, I'm going to read this passage, and I want you, I'm going to stop, and I want you to give me observations, and may God bless the reading and, and the discussion of his word, even if it's just for about 10 or 15 minutes. And he's called the 12, let me step back, look at verse 6. He marveled because of their unbelief, and he went about among the villages Nothing for their journey except the staff and the bread and the bread and money and the belt with the little sandals and that's what I'm teaching. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and they proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Now skip down to verse 30. Then the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. to go with nothing. So don't don't bring a bunch of don't yeah. What else? Okay. When they would go to an area, stay put until you leave that region. Don't go from house to house overnight. Stay in that place. Okay, what else?
authority of Jesus so far has demonstrated in your lives and in my lives has brought a lot of joy. The enemy, what else? What? Destruction. Yeah, he, he fought with authority. Demons are cast out. So, so exorcism of demons, powerful teaching, miraculously ending. And, and what happens with the disciples? They do the same thing. Now, let me ask you this. How spiritually mature were these 12 disciples at this point? They weren't. Not very. Why do you say that? Where did you say that? Remember, that was Nazareth. But I would, I would agree with you. I actually read that first verse because I wanted to actually emphasize he went about the villages teaching. You must not forget, Jesus' main thing was not to just do a bunch of miracles and signs and everybody get excited about him. It was teach the kingdom of God and to tell them to repent. And, and so the disciples are doing the same thing. Disciples aren't real mature yet, and we're going to see that even more as we go through Mark. As we go through Mark, we're going to see them. I mean, how, how mature are they, is this? So Jesus tells them, okay, guys, I haven't spelled it out anywhere quite like this before, but I'm going to tell you. They're going to go to Jerusalem. They're going to get to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. They're going to basically torture me. I'm going to be handed over, and you're going to kill me. First time he does that, it's Peter gets angry at him and basically curses Jesus and Jesus has to rebuke him and says, Get out of here. Get get away from me, Satan. The second time he does this, it's a little bit later in the very next chapter, Jesus tells him the same thing. I'm gonna die, they're gonna they're gonna do all this to me, I'm gonna raise from the dead. And they start arguing about who will be the greatest. I mean, how how tone deaf are you? Like, it's just like, you don't have a perspective of what's going on. They're immature. They're blind. They, they're still thinking as a world thinks. The gospel means nothing. Isn't that really encouraging that God uses imperfect disciples? We don't, we don't just wait until we've already arrived before we start serving and being a help to others. We should always be wanting to grow, but even in this case, Jesus is moving these disciples. Okay, what other things stand out to you? Jesus said, when you go into the town, if they don't listen to you, basically, when you're leaving the town, shake the dust off the town. Um, he says, what did you, how did you say it exactly? As a testimony to him. Anybody know the historical significance of that? In Judaism, in, the, in Judaism at that time already, it was said that if, if you as a Jew traveled into um, Gentile regions, which you sometimes you have to, begrudgingly, and you go to a Gentile region, a non-Jewish region, when you left the non-Jewish region, because you're leaving it, you're leaving Samaria, you shake off the dust. 
as though you don't you don't contaminate your own mind from the, the that the pagan dungeon. And Jesus was saying, "You're going." In fact, does it say in this passage who they're supposed to go to? Because I, I, I'm, I'm asking that because I actually was reading the other parallel passages. Um, it doesn't in this passage, but if you were to look in Matthew chapter 10, it says, don't go to the Gentiles, but go to the, the lost sheep of Israel. And so your job right now is to only go to Israel. And he's basically saying, it doesn't matter if you're in a Jewish land, they're like Gentiles according to this passage. And you should, they want you to, you spread your best thought as though they're like Gentiles. As a rebuke to them, they're rejecting me. Okay. Now, I, w- I want to bring this up because we don't have a lot of time left. Will you all, will you kind of focus now on, okay, so this is a standard story. Remember the standard story? Remember how we had the standard story of, remember Jairus' daughter? Remember that the father comes and says, my daughter's dying. Jesus comes and he starts to go to Jairus' house, Jesus does. But then right in the middle, what do we have? Remember the story of the woman? 12 years, issue of blood. And then he, he does this. And then at the end, we have Jairus again. Now his daughter's dead. He goes there and he heals her. It's a family story. And we actually learn from this story with this interruption, this interruption is actually to tell us something about this. And it, it told us about how Jesus' touch, Jesus' work is what's so vital. And, and, and the woman's faith who cried and believed saved her. And God was going to do this. And he did heal and raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. Now, he's do, this is a, also a, a standard story. You have Jesus sends Paul. Then we see that's that's one through or that's two that's seven through like fourteen, is that right? Is it fourteen or is it thirteen? Okay, thirteen. And then and then we have down here they come they come back and they report all that's going on. That's verse thirty. So then verses fourteen to twenty nine. You go. What's that there for? You should ask. What's that there for? It doesn't. That it's there for like why? Why did why did they do this? Look at let's just read that real quick. King Herod heard of it. Heard of what? What? Yeah, Jesus' miracles, all the disciples, I mean, there's all this these disciples out doing this now. He heard it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers at work are, are working in him. But others say he's alive, and others say he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. So with Herod, now, now for the rest of the section, from verses 17 to 29, it actually tells the story about how John the Baptist was murdered by Herod, arrested and murdered, because he was such a cowardly fool, he caved into the pressure of others. He 
you think of another person that was in, was innocently murdered by and because the leader the ruler was caved in to the emperor's letters? Yes. So John the Baptist suffers a similar death to Jesus. Both of them killed by an unfaithful governor who who gives into the who gives into the pressure of others. Now, okay, so I'm not going to take the time to read that full story. You can do that. What is John the Baptist's arrest, beheading by Herod, disciples bury him? What does that have to do with Jesus sending out 12 disciples, them doing amazing things in his name, they're doing gospel ministry, and then they come back and say, God, this is what we, Jesus, this is what we did. It says they returned to Jesus, told of all that they had done and taught. Anyone have, make a stab at this? I would argue to say, verses 14 through 29, John the Baptist's story is meant to help us think about these people. And you probably didn't think that right away. But I think that's what Mark is doing. in a sense, Jesus and the disciples? I mean, we're not the disciples, we're not the twelve, we're not, not everybody's called to be a pastor, but all of us are to be disciples of Jesus, and we're going to go live his mission, and we're gonna, we go and represent Jesus Christ, and we have his authority. We may not be casting out demons in the same way, we might, we may not be healing, we might, but it's not maybe the normal practice as it was in Jesus' time. told and sent out them. He sent the twelve out in the same section. He said this, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you by us in the hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will do it, and he goes on. Jesus is giving a forewarning. Mark is giving, Mark is writing to the early church, and he's saying, these disciples are sent out, and you're to follow them. And they came back.
you see that? Do you see that, guys? So what this he's saying is, okay, follow me. But in following me, as we see in John the Baptist, it's it's going to be a costly burden. Anybody hear of Fox's Book of Martyrs? Fox Book of Martyrs reports the deaths of a lot of the saints. I just have this here. You guys want to know what happened to Peter and Paul in the New Testament? Both were martyred in Rome, maybe around AD 66, during the persecution of Emperor Nero. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down at his request since he did not feel worthy to die in the same manner as Christ. Andrew, the disciple, went to the land of the man-eaters, which was probably the, the Russia their claims. Uh, he also preached in Asia Minor, where he was probably was crucified. His Thomas was probably in India, eventually, and they claim he died there when pierced through with a spear with four soldiers. Philip arrested, so he put to death. Matthew, the tax collector, who stayed, was probably stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Um, Bartholomew counsels that he was a he was a martyr. James, Josephus reported he was stoned and clubbed to death. Simon Zealot was killed for refusing to sacrifice to the sun god. Matthias, by burning. John was the only one not martyred, possibly exiled to the island of Patmos. What's the foundation? Jesus is the foundation based on what? Like, you know, humble brag or something. This is like, you did 
Do you, do you remember what God did to save you? He gave you that breath and and even stone and had that big smile on him. He, he glowed on him. He, he seemed to be the God of Jesus of the resurrection. Let's pray. God, I pray that you take us and heal all of us. You would cure all of us and help us to follow Jesus. Oh God, please bring salvation to us, Jesus. Help us to love our salvation.